Open your Bibles up to the book of Revelation. I'm teaching on Wednesday nights on this subject, walking with God. God is taking us somewhere. And um, tonight I'm going to talk about the benefits of walking with God. Amen. Amen. Boy, there's some tremendous benefits when we walk with God. Now, I realize again, you know, as I said the other day, the challenge is to not get so far out there that the young ones can't keep up with us, but yet not stay so shallow that the other ones can't grow. So tonight there may be some things that, oh, you know, I've seen that before. Okay, that's great. But take what the Spirit of God will give you and allow yourself in whatever stage or walk of your Christian life to grow. That's part of our vision, amen, is to grow. And so I believe tonight we can all grow. And, uh, you know, we can be refreshed in learning that if we'll walk with God, we will get to our destination. If we will walk with God, we will get to our destination in this life and in the life to come. Amen. Now, that's good because we're not just here, you know, passing through. I know we're passing through, but we've got a purpose. God has a plan. In order to fulfill God's plan for your life, you're going to have to learn to walk with God. Amen. So here's the scripture in Revelation 3. I'm a, I'm a, I, I, I think I'm going to give you quite a bit of scripture tonight because I want to really get this driven into you. Revelation, not Revelations, but Revelation 3, verse 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Now who said that? How do you know? You cheated. <laughs> no, Jesus is, is saying these words, isn't he? These are letters to the church. Now look, he said, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, he said, I will come into him. I'm reading out the New King James, by the way. I will come into him and I'll dine with him and he with me. And then let me just read verse 21, 22, not part, but I like it, so I can read it. To him that overcomes or gets victory in this life, we could say it that way. He said, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. So if we learn to walk with God, we're going to get to our destination. Amen. All right. He said, as I also overcame and sat down with my father, on his throne. What is Jesus doing tonight? And what is he doing sitting at the right hand of the Father? Ever liveth to make intercession for us. I wonder what he's praying. <laughs> I, well, I know what he's praying about most of us. I know he's praying for us. Amen. <laughs> I know he's saying, hey, you can do it. Uh, Lord, uh, give them some more grace. Give them some more mercy. They, they're going to get there. All right. Okay. So to him that has an ear. And we, both, we all got these things on the side of our head. But that's not the kind of ear he's talking about, is it? He said, to him that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Now, again, some 
you know, they interpret this, um, this, this, this Jesus knocking on the door that this is a, 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 a call or an altar call to the unsaved. If they will open up the door, Jesus will come in. But let me remind you, he's not talking to the lost here. Now, I, I know there's an application because, you know, if a lost person will open up his heart or her heart that they can receive Jesus... It's Lord, but, but in the application or in the context of the Scripture, he's talking to a church. It's a, he said, let those that have ear, let them hear what, what the Spirit is saying to the church. So we have to remind ourselves tonight that there's more to Christianity than just, you know, punching in, getting that ticket to go to heaven, that God has a plan for our life. And so... He's telling us here that if we will, we will open the door, he will come in and dine. Now, that's an old King James word. We don't say it in that context too much anymore in our vernacular speech, but it really means fellowship. Fellowship with the Lord. Fellowship with the Lord means that we have communication. It's not too fun if somebody invited you for dinner and uh, you sat down at the table and boy, they had a great meal prepared and great spread there on the table and all you did was sit there and look at each other. Now, maybe if you're in love, you know, as your girlfriend or your, <laughs> somebody, you know, and you just sitting there making goo-goo eyes at each other in awe at each other. But that's not what he's talking about. I mean, no, that in a relationship, there has to be communication. Uh, I, I, I have a relationship with my wife, but I found out that she also wants me to talk to her every once in a while. And I also found out she wants to talk to me every once in a while. In fact, she will, she's so selfish, she even expects me to listen to her talk to me. <laughs> She could be talking to me, and I'm, you know, I, I, I'm staring off. And she'll say, hello? Are you there? Well, yeah, I'm here. I'm right here. Are you going to, a, you know, nowadays you go into a, a, a restaurant to eat. Man, everybody has got a reflection in their face. Not talking about the glory of the Lord, but from the light of their phone. I mean, people, like, they don't even talk to one another anymore. And every once in a while, you know, I'll get in there, and she said, that is rude. I'm here. So how many know in a relationship, <laughs> you can have, you know, togetherness, but there has to be fellowship. There has to be a communication between the ones that have relationship. And that's what... He's saying here, he said, if anyone will open the door, he said, I will come in and dine with them. Now, let me ask you, how does Jesus knock? Does he take a big old fist from heaven and knock on our chest? Boom, boom, boom. No, no, no. How does he knock? He knocks by his Holy Spirit speaking to us. No man 
can come to him unless what? The Spirit draws him. Okay? So Jesus is reminding us that it's not just about punching in and getting this ticket to heaven. He's called us to be disciples. We, we covered that on Sunday, didn't we? That it's more than just, you know, coming to church once a week, but it's learning to daily walk with God, to daily spend time in fellowship with God. Sure, we have a relationship. He received us as his children, as his sons and daughters, but now he desires, just like he did with Adam and Eve, remember, walking with them in the cool of the day, he was walking and talking with them and vice versa, okay? So what we have to understand is that Jesus is knocking on the doorway of our heart, but we're the ones that's got to let him in. Now, how do we let him in? We let him in by learning to walk with him. You're not going to get very far in your Christian life until you learn to walk with God, okay? So we've been setting all these things up for you. And he's, he's saying, listen, uh, really, I want to come in. I want to show you some things. I want to be able to paint, if you will, that picture so that you get an image of who I am and who you are in me. And the way that we begin to see that is through our walk with God. Because the closer we walk with somebody, the more we recognize or discern their voice. Now, a lot of Christians have trouble discerning the voice of God. A lot of Christians have trouble with people that say, I hear from God. Well, I have trouble with Christians that don't hear from God. <laughs> well... You see, what am I saying? I'm saying that the, the closer we get to God, the more we communicate with Him, the more we learn what His voice sounds like. You know, you ever had somebody call you and it's the wrong number? And they just start talking to you and you say, who's this? Because you don't recognize the voice. And finally they say, well, is this so and so? Well, no, it's not so old. I'm sorry, I have the wrong number. Well, let me know, when God speaks to you, he doesn't have the wrong number. And, and, and God wants you to be able to uh, discern that it's him talking because there's a whole bunch of voices out there. And all you have to do is just watch some of these politicians speak and some of these media commentators. And I don't, man, I, I tell you what. Listen, listen. The competition for the voice of God is increasing in these last days. And if the Christian doesn't learn how to discern the voice of God, he's not going to be able to walk with God in his life and much less fulfill the purpose and the plan that he has. We, 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 we walk with God on a daily basis. We walk with God by prayer. That's what the Lord spoke to me. He said, and I heard that. I had, he said, what would you have tomorrow morning when you woke up as a result of how and what you prayed today? Boy, I tell you, it really got... See, we have to learn to, to fall in love with Jesus. It's a privilege. It's a privilege that our God 
is not a dumb idol. He is not an image. Come on, he's not made of wood. He's not dead in some grave somewhere and carcass or dust or ashes or bones. He's alive. He's much, 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 much alive tonight. And unlike all the other gods, they can't speak. But our God, I said our God, wants to speak and he will speak and he's got something good to say. Amen. So he said, dine with me. The creator of the universe is knocking at the doorway of every heart, every one of you in here that are Christian tonight. Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart. You may not get an invitation to the White House. (laughs) You may not get an invitation, you know, to some party or something. Oh, man, look at so-and-so. But I'll tell you what, the creator of heaven and earth, the creator of all things has invited you. He's saying, behold, I stand at the doorway of your heart. I'm knocking. I'm speaking. You learn to hear me. I will come in and we will have beautiful, sweet fellowship together. Now we're walking. Come on. Now we're walking because now he's directing the footsteps of the righteous. I'm about to preach. Amen. So the Bible says if we are his sheep, let me just put it to scripture. I got to give you the scripture. John 10, 27 says my sheep. Are you his sheep tonight? Okay. He said my sheep hear my voice. I will know them and they will follow me. So one of the greatest privileges that you and I have as being believers is that our God talks. Our God speaks, and we can talk to Him. Amen. Okay? Now listen to what Proverbs chapter 4, they can put it up there, because some people can hear, but they can't discern. All right, Proverbs 4, let me read verse 1, and then I'm going to drop down to verse 20. Hear, my children, say hear. Not like hear ye, hear ye, this is hear, hear. Hear, my children, the instruction of a father. Who? How many know we have a good heavenly father? Jesus revealed to us that God is not just God, but that He's our Heavenly Father. Okay? He said, and give attention to no understanding. And then drop down to verse 20. You follow me there or look up on the screen. He said, my son, give attention. There it is again. Give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my saying. In other words, your ear does not just naturally tune in to God. That's what he's telling you right here. You have, to, you have to incline your ear to hear God. You know, again, my wife could be talking to me, but I could be thinking and out there somewhere in space on something else. That's why she'll say, hello, I'm, I, I, I need your attention a minute. I have to adjust. I have to incline my ear and focus in. Even though I know her voice, I've heard it so many times, but sometimes the voice that you're trying to listen to is overshadowed by other things. Now, this is where we get busy, right? This is what happens to most of us. Our lives get so busy 
being busy that we don't incline our ear to hear God. And we don't incline our ear to hear God. We have, God's still walking because God's moving. <laughs> God is moving, okay? Now, if somebody stops, it's not God. But the only way we can walk with God is to hear God. The only way we can hear distinctly or discern as God is to stay close enough to God to know that that's God. Okay. Are you with me so far? All right. So the point here is that you have to understand, look what the benefit here is, verse 22. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. So you have to incline your ear. And the, port, the thing I'm trying to make to you here is that communication is a vital, important part of fellowship. You're not going to get very far in your marriage. You're not going to get very far in any kind of relationship unless there's communication. Communication comes through fellowship. Okay? So, uh, you know, in today, boy, Jesus is, look what he's competing with. If you want to put it in that sense of term, he's competing with emails. He's com competing with Facebook. He's competing, you know, with all the other things that's going on out there. And he can't get a word in edgewise. And he's just saying, look, if any man will open his door, I'm, I'm standing there knocking. He said, I'll come in. I'll fellowship with you. Okay. So the Bible says, yeah, he's living, he's making intercession for us. Why? Because he has a plan. He wants us to fulfill the plan. He wants to take us somewhere. He wants us to get to our destination. When we walk with God, we'll get to our destination. Okay, so no wonder the enemy loves to distract us. No, no wonder the enemy wants to get us preoccupied and think what we're doing in our lives is more important than what he's doing. Now, don't shout me down. I'm just telling you. <laughs> Listen, I stand up here to tell you the truth, okay? I'm telling you this happens to all of us at times. Is that we, we allow the cumbersome of our life to forget what is really important. We lose scope, if you will, or focus on reality. Because we think... That life out there that we live is reality, but it's not. It is a false reality. The reality is what you're doing right now. The reality is eternal. Listen, listen to me, listen to me. That out there is temporal. It's going to pass away. Are you here? That out there is the false reality, but the enemy confused and turned around where you think, boy, this is more important. Oh, come on now. This is more real because now we're in the reality of God, who we are. We're spirit. Have a soul, yeah. Live in a body. Okay, we got a lot of things to do. And I'm not saying we don't. I'm just saying if we're going to walk with God, we better make sure that we're hearing his voice. Okay, how are we going to hear his voice? Well, he's knocking we got to let him in. We are the ones that have to open the door. He does not force the door open. Come on, somebody. You have to open the door. And once he comes in, now what are you going to do? Say, Lord, wait, put, put a hold on that. I'll get back with you on that next week. 
No, it don't work that way. Okay. Matthew 28, 11, excuse me. Now, here's another benefit. When you get weary, how many have ever felt like you're at the end of your rope? Okay. Here's what Jesus said. Let me give you the scriptures in all this tonight. This is good because this is benefits, okay, of learning to walk with God. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. They'll put it up there right quick. He said, come to me. Who's talking again? So, So he says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. <laughs> Boy, there's so much in that. Take my yoke upon you and what? Learn from me. We've got to learn from him, okay? For I am gentle, I'm lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Why? For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Man, we know when you get all stressed out, you're not yoking up with Jesus. Okay. Now, what about when you're afraid? Say, well, yeah. What about when you're afraid? How many times does the Bible say, fear not? Don't be afraid. How do we not be afraid? Well, let me show you. Look what Genesis chapter 15 verse 1 says. Walking with God... Here's the point if you want to write down. Walking with God removes fear. Okay? He calms our fears. Okay? That's important that you catch that because you in this church should know we are a congregation that's taught that fear and faith cannot operate in the same ballpark. Okay? Now, after these things, look at... Because, see, God's speaking, right? Here's what he told Abraham. Listen. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, that's a vision, but the vision is talking. He said, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. Because Abraham was asking, what's, going, what's, this, in, what's this in for, in for me? And God said, you're going to get me, Abraham. Amen. So he said, walk with me, I'll be your shield, and I will be your exceedingly great reward. Psalms 23, 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod and the staff comfort me. For who the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. Amen? All right, so these are the things that God speaks to you. He calms the storms. He calms the fears when you learn to walk with Him. Why? Because He's reminding you of who you are. He's reminding you of who He is. And He is greater than the problem. He is greater than the circumstance. But we have to focus, we have to incline our ear because he's living up there interceding not only that you're going to make it, but he's trying to give you instructions. He's trying to give you the Google map to get from A to B without getting sidetracked or kidnapped or knocked off. He knows the way. Come on. He knows everything about everything. And that's where we have to come back and get a hold of ourselves and say, why am I sweating this? Why am I stressed out about this? 
God said, yoke up with him. Oh, come on, somebody. Now remember what God spoke to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, verse 5. He said, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Now remember, he talked to Moses face to face, didn't he? Come on. He said, I will not leave you or forsake you. How many know Jesus will not leave you or forsake you? All right. Verse 9 says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. Wherever you go. He's there. He's as close as calling on his name. Amen. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 15. Now remember, here's Jehoshaphat. He's surrounded by this huge, massive army. And he doesn't know what to do. How many know when you don't know what to do, God still does? When you don't know what to do, you at least need to know to go to God. And God spoke to Jehoshaphat because he humbled himself. He walked with God close enough that he could hear what God was going to say through the prophet. Come on, somebody. God always has a prophet in place to speak a word to his people. Now look what it says. Verse 15, and he said, Listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat, Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. Now, wouldn't it be great if we could, when we get in our dilemmas, when we get in our situations in life, that if we could just humble ourselves a little bit, go to the Lord in prayer, and bam, God speaks a word to us that will deliver us out of whatever the enemy meant for our demise. God knows how to get it out of us, get us out of it, and turn it around for good. Give the devil a black eye, come on, because we learn to walk with God. A benefit that no enemy, listen, Acts 18. Well, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me back up. Jeremiah, I get ahead of myself here. So don't be afraid comes by walking with God. Jeremiah 1, 8 says, do not be afraid of their faces. Boy, sometimes people can give you the evil eye, can't they? He said, I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. I like that, don't you? Hallelujah. I said, that's great. Look at Acts chapter 18. Now, this is Paul. Now, look, what, look, look at this. The great apostle Paul, the apostle of faith. He says, now the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision. See, God speaks to us through dreams and visions, doesn't he? It's not always an audible voice. Hello, this is God. Sometimes we get an impression. Okay, we've taught that before. We've taught how to hear the voice of God. But look what he says. Do not be afraid. Now he's telling Paul, don't be afraid. Paul is a great faith man. We know if we're faith men and women, we don't get in fear. But he's telling Paul, don't be afraid. Why do you think he told Paul, don't be afraid? Because everywhere he went to preach, somebody was trying to kill him. Somebody was trying to bushwhack him. Somebody, you know, had already beat him. 
He'd been in shipwreck. He'd been stoned. Come on, somebody. I mean, snake bitten. And God's saying, look, do not be afraid, but speak and do not keep silent. In other words, when we speak what God says, it brings light and the devil is dark so he can't hide in the light. He has to flee. Resist. That's why Paul said, you resist the devil and he will flee. Come on. He said, for I am with you and no one will attack you to hurt you. For I have many people in this city. Now look, he said, you don't have to be afraid, Paul, because you're walking with me. So wherever you go, I've got protection for you. I've got somebody that will give you a safe harbor and you will be protected from those that would try to do you evil. And sometimes, you know, you don't know what to do, but the temptation becomes so strong that we allow the devil to put us on the run. And somebody said, you know, if you're, you know, if you're running from the devil, you're running the wrong way. Amen. If those arrows are hitting you in the back, you need to turn around and hold up the shield of faith. The shield of faith will quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. Are you with me? But Paul was walking with God. He heard God. And what happened? The, the next verse says he continued there a year and six months teaching the word of God among men. So the Lord always knows what to do, when to do it, how to do it, and how to keep you safe. Amen. Psalms 91.10. I think we read most of that last week. He said, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Flu season... Start confessing Psalms 91. I said start confessing that no plague is going to come near your dwelling. Amen. Amen. When you're walking with him, he speaks wisdom. He gives instruction. When you walk with God, he will teach you. He will guide you. He will give you instruction. Okay, now let's look. Psalms 32a. What does it say? I will instruct you. And teach you in the way you should go. You're not walking through this life alone. You're not walking through this life in darkness. There's somebody that's leading. No, you're not leading him. He's leading you. That means he's got you. If he's leading you, he's got you. So you're, as long as he's leading you, you're walking with him. Amen. If you ever quit walking with him, you're going to get misguided. All right, pardon me if I get excited about that. You said people excited. I mean, I read this Bible, I get excited, okay? He said, I will instruct you, teach you in the way you should go, and I will guide you with my eye. Well, I wish we had time to teach you on that. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord. How many know you've got to learn to trust? Just like you've got to learn to give. Come on. He said, and lean not to your own understanding because we have the tendency to fall back on the flesh. We have a tendency to fall back on what we know. Well, maybe we know some things, but God still knows more. And the next time you get into something, you may need a different set of instructions to get out of it. You may need a different wisdom of God to get you through the next dilemma, even though it looks like it's similar or the same, it may or may not be. 
The point is, you need to walk with God so he can give you the instruction and lead you with his eye. Come on, somebody. In all your ways, acknowledge him. What does acknowledge mean? It means that we open the door. It means he's there knocking on the door of our hearts, but we've got to open it and let him come in, okay? He will show you great and mighty things. Psalm 16, 11. He said, I will show, you will show me the path of life in your presence. I think somebody quoted that. In your presence is full of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. When you let the Lord into your heart, he's knocking, it brings his presence. And in his presence, the Bible says there's fullness of joy. Have you ever seen a Christian that doesn't have any joy? We can tell who you've been with. We can tell who you're full of. Because if you're full of the Lord, listen, there's go, it, you know, all hell may be going off around you, but there is a presence of God that not only produces peace, but it produces joy. And if the joy is there, it's a spiritual force to cause you to stand up and square your shoulders back, get your chin stuck out there and say, bless God, devil. I'll tell you, the Lord is greater in me than anything that you can do or try to do. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Hmm. Okay. Now look, look, look. When we're connected to him, we're connected to the power source. Amen. It doesn't mean, I'm not trying to tell you life is always easy. You know better than that. How I many he's had at least one difficult thing today? You know, it's not a bed of roses. But he said, I will be the rose of Sharon. Amen. And I will lead you and I will guide you. Okay. Now, Psalms 36, 9. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. Isn't that amazing? In your light, we see light. He's the God of light. Amen. In his light, it's like, oh man, I see. It dawned on me. You know, all of a sudden... You see things you didn't see before. Because you know why? He's got answers. He knows everything. He's interceding for you that you'll get, hey, dummy. No, he didn't tell you dummy. But he says, hey, (laughs) open it up. I got it here for you. (laughs) Praise the Lord. So when we walk with God, we see light and we get out of darkness. That's the point. Now look at Psalms 89, 15. Now, you can't keep up with me because I'm going like a machine gun here, but Psalms 89, 15 says, Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. They walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. Now, let me just give you a little Bible truth here. Every time you walk with God, He will show you something. Every time I walk with God, every time, He shows me something. Now, what am I saying? I'm saying when you walk with God, you're walking into that secret place. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. When I walk with God, now look, look, the Holy Spirit in me begins to illuminate. Now, it may be small things, It may be big things, but he will always show you something when you walk with him. Okay? 
That's why we create an atmosphere in here of worship. Why? So we can get in the presence of God. So that the light will begin to illuminate our way. Amen? Somebody, you know, some people think worship is a waste of time. Like, why do you take up all that time? Well, you know, a lot of times we're way back in the tunnel. Some, some of us are. Some of us are way back there where the sun don't shine. Amen. So we got to ease our way up to get, you know, some people have to get to the bottom of the barrel before they can start walking out of the barrel. They're even below the bottom. So whatever it is, God wants to take you into the light. Well, that comes by walking with God. Now, here's another one. This is important. This is important stuff, okay? That's why I tell you, we have to keep our focus on what's real. Because you get to thinking, man, my problem and that stuff out there is more real than God, and it's not. See, that's why a lot of people aren't here on Wednesday night, okay? Now, look, the blessing. Here's this other one. Blessings flow to us when we follow His counsel. Let me understand, as much as we confess the blessing and this and that, that the blessings do not automatically come. The blessing does not automatically come. Okay? Matthew 6, 6. Look what he says. But you, now notice this, when you pray, not if you pray, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the where place? There we go. The se- now, we talked about the secret place last week. The secret place and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So, yes, we have public prayer. We have corporate prayer. We have the kind of prayer that when the leader, or pastor, or somebody gets up here and says, let's lift our hands and say, oh, Lord, we love you. We praise you. That's public prayer. That's public worship. But you see, not only must you have public worship, you must have private worship. And I can tell you this, until you have private worship, you're not going to have much public worship. I don't encourage you to look around at all the people that can't worship God when we're in worship because that will distract you. In fact, it will dishearten you. But that doesn't mean that you have to do like that. What it means is until you learn to get in the secret place because that's where God rewards us. Until we learn to pray in the secret place. Until we learn to get away from everything else. Get in that closet where we go and shut ourselves down and just say, Oh God, I love you, Lord. Oh God, I humble myself before you, Lord. I desire that you would speak into my heart, Lord. Show me. Do you get to a place where you can go out and just pour yourself out to God in private? Because if, if for example, I never learned to do that in private... God would never manifest in public. I wouldn't preach like this. I wouldn't have the knowledge I have if I didn't go to Him in private. Whatever you do in private will eventually show up in public. Don't try to conjure it up in public if you hadn't been doing it in private. Oh, come on. Walking with God is not just something we do. 
on a church service day or night. It's a daily encounter that we must have with God. You see, a lot of times I say, well, you, you know, you're just in love with the Bible. I'm not in love with the Bible. I don't have a relationship with the Bible. I have a relationship with the God of the Bible. This is his word, amen? I'm not in love with this. I'm in love with God. I'm in love with his word because Jesus is the living word of God. Amen. Okay, so you, you got to sometimes qualify people. Private fellowship means public blessing and reward. Because why? Because the blessings of God are not automatic. You've got to learn to get counsel, okay? They don't come by natural force. They don't come by natural means. They don't come by trying to work harder than somebody else. You don't earn the grace of God. Are you with me? It comes by going to God in secret, in that secret place, getting your strength, getting the joy of the Lord, getting yourself built up in your most holy faith, then getting back out there where God can have you in the right place at the right time, saying the right things to the right people, and the Holy Ghost, the anointing on you, will destroy and break every yoke of bondage, and you will walk out of that place a free man or woman in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And I could give you a bunch of illustrations here, and we're out of time, but you know, or you should know, but there may be some young ones that don't know, you cannot please God in the flesh. You cannot please God in and of the flesh. You can't buy this stuff that God has. You cannot buy God's grace. Okay? You know, I think about, Elisha, he had a servant by the name of Gehazi. Now, Gehazi was the servant to the prophet. Probably didn't get paid much. All he did was probably got his provision. But let me know, if you can get your provision, your daily bread, you're in pretty good shape. As long as you got God. Are you with me? And here come Naaman, the commander of the Syrian, that, that had leprosy. Now, leprosy means, you know, there's a spiritual connotation there of, of, of having separation and things eating you up, okay? But nevertheless, he had leprosy because somebody told him, hey, go, there's a man of God that can get you free from that leprosy. Well, the man of God went to God who can get you free from leprosy Amen. and got a word for Naaman, Naaman, you want to say it, and told him to go down and dip in the river Jordan seven times. <laughs> and he went and finally he did that because that's what he was instructed to do. How many know you have to obey the instruction? You have to get counsel, listen to counsel, discern the counsel, and then do the counsel. He went down and he dipped in the Jordan seven times. Lo and behold, on the seventh time, not the sixth time, come on, not the fifth time, but the, he could have got said, man, this ain't working, this ain't working. He tells me to come to church on Wednesday. I come to church on Wednesday. He tells me to come to prayer. I come to prayer. He tells me to come on Sunday. It, it don't, it's not working. It's not working. It's not working. It's not working. But you got to be consistent. He went down five. He went down six. But on the seventh time, Oh, he got the blessing of a wholeness in his body and he was healed of lepers. Now listen, to this. I brought this up to tell you what happened. 
He said, man, this is neato. Your God is really great. And he said, I'm, now he's rich, right? He's wealthy. He said, I'm going to give to the servant here. I'm going to give you this expensive gift to go back and take to the prophet Elisha. So here's Gehazi, man, carting this, whatever that's the gift was. He said, hey, uh, he was so blessed by his healing, he wants to, to offer you this gift. Now, how many know there's nothing wrong with receiving an offering? Amen. But Elisha said, no, we're not going to do that. I don't want him going back and telling anybody that he bought his healing. I'm not taking his offering. Take it back to him. And what did he do? He took it back to him and said, my master doesn't want the gift. And he said, okay. And as Naaman was walking off with the gift, Gehazi in his flesh, natural mind said, well, he don't want it, but I do. And what happened? He said, uh, 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 Naaman, uh, I'll take the gift. He, the master changed his mind. He said, oh, okay, here, here it is. And what happened? As he was going with the gift, the leprosy that was on Naaman came on Gehazi. Are you here? I'm just saying that when you walk with God, you know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. If you walk in the flesh, you're going to get messed up. You're going to get tripped up. You're going to foul up. You're going to be on the outside looking in. You've got inside information. If you will walk with God, He can show you everything about everything. Can you say amen to that? Give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. I got, <laughs> I got so much stuff here. But let me just tell you something. Go ahead and stand up with me. I, I, I'm quitting, but um, <sighs> the Lord spoke to me in prayer yesterday evening about some things. And, and let me just tell you kind of in, in what he said here. And you can take this how you want it. He said, Tell the people, we do not have time to waste. And, I, and I, of course, I wrote these things. He said, we don't have time to waste. He said, I want to give you instructions, and I want to give them instructions. And he said, with the instructions, I'm going to give understanding. Oh, praise God. He said, I want you to lead with joy and faith. I want the people to develop joy and faith because I'm taking you somewhere. I'm taking you into the next season. That's what he spoke to me. Now, he said a few other things, but I'll just highlight. He said, you and they, talking about the congregation, he said, you will not just be spectators, but you will be ministers. You will be disciple makers. Many of you will rise up to be pillars rooted and grounded in truth. You will become disciple makers of the next generation. Now, I'm hearing these things, okay? 
your life. Now, you, you can weigh it out. He, he said, your life will become more significant than ever before. Now, he's talking to you. He's talking to all this congregation. Everybody has ear. Now, remember, he that had ear to hear. He said, your life will be more significant than ever. So he's talking to you, too. Because I made sure not, this is just me and all this is instruction I'm giving you. Okay. And uh, he said, I want you to mature and grow the people that sat in that ministry. I want them to grow up. And I want them to learn my ways. That's what he said. And then I, I thought about, how does that come? It comes by walking with the Lord. How are you going to grow? You're going to grow by walking with the Lord. How many of you would, you know, open your hearts up to the Lord tonight? The Lord knocking on the door of our hearts. And we have to be able to discern the voice of God. And I believe you were, you were hitting on something, Rudy, when you were talking about some people think, well, you know, I'm not valuable. Listen, if you're a Christian, you're valuable. Jesus shed his blood for everyone that's called on his name. So you might be thinking, well, you know, I don't have any knowledge of the Word. You have the Holy Spirit in you. He's your teacher. So you say, well, I, I've only been saved six months or a year. Well, get ready. Get ready to grow. Acquire the fire, if you will. God's going to dish it out on our plates. Do we have we have, I should say, the doorknob is on the inside. It's a, it's, it's a one-sided door. Okay, the doorknob's on your inside. So, he's ready to come in. He's ready to dine. He's ready to fellowship. He wants the relationship of you just being a child of God, to grow into a mature son or daughter of God so that you can manifest His glory in this earth. He's not done with us yet. He's not done. If He was done, He would sound the trump and He would come back. So in Jesus' name, let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes just a moment.